This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This is episode 44. Um, sentimentality is not charity. But first, the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. Um, all that I am. All that I have and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. So, the impetus for this episode, I told you um, pretty much I've got two favorite podcasters. And... One of the guys that I listen to, I think in my shout out to my two favorite podcasters, I explained that he is a fellow set of a contest. And occasionally I've listened to a lot of his content, but because I'm doing my own thing and he's got his thing going, um, because... The only thing I can say is I'm old and decrepit and my memory's shot. Some of the previous episodes that he has done that I've already listened to, um, sometimes I'll go back and re-listen to them just because I've forgotten completely what he said in those podcasts. And the reason that, like I said, the ep- the impetus for this episode was I was listening to one of his old podcasts. And I mean, it was old. Um, he's done over 200 podcasts. And I think I listened to a couple of his episodes that were probably under episode 50. And when I say under, I'm not saying that these two episodes were 50. They were underneath his 50th episode. And I love this. I really find this fascinating. Um, You can see his spiritual progression. Um, I'm I'm not going to be presumptuous and say I've listened to every episode he's ever done. The man's done 200 episodes. But... I, I've noticed, I mean, I mean, and given, given my own sorry spiritual state, I can see a progression in his spirituality. And in these two episodes, I noticed a particularly, a particular thing. Now, to those of you who may be fans of this particular podcaster, Don't run to him and saying that I'm criticizing him. I'm not. I'm not. But these two episodes gave me some food for thought in the sense that, and this runs what this this episode is about, how sentimentality is not charity. Now, he himself, being a podcaster on YouTube, he has his own... Uh, group within YouTube 
and within his set of Acontis community, but mainly I'm talking about a couple podcasters that he really likes on YouTube, where, oh, and before, before I get into the meat of my episode, I want to stress, in case anybody from his channel listens to this episode, I want to stress, for the sake of charity, I'm not going to um, name the, the two people in particular that he's talking about. Um, so they will remain nameless. And once again, this is not a criticism this is just what I've noticed. Um, but one of the podcasters that he used to listen to, he's denounced. And this is what I'm saying that I love the fact that if you consume enough of his content, you can see the, for lack of a better term, the spiritual evolution of his thought. And... At the beginning, when he started doing his, as I have done mine, um, you know, he, he, um, he kind of, this is just an observation, it's not a criticism. I think that he liked these guys so well, and he was trying to be charitable to him, to them, I should say, that... Once again, going into the topic of this podcast, I think he was trying to be charitable. And I, uh, given what little I've seen, um, or I understand of the man through his podcast, because we do not talk, um, I, I get the impression that because he likes these guys so well, that he was trying to be as charitable as he could to them. But like I said, one of them he denounced. But this came after episode 50. But he denounced one of these podcasters in quite strong terms. The other podcaster, um, now in his earlier work, he was living in England. And due to circumstances, he moved to Italy. Where his, uh, the other podcaster, and I get the impression that they're friends, um, was at, and, um, I, I, I think out of, <sighs> please, 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 if, if, um, the podcaster in question listens to this episode, Please do not get it twisted. Um, when I say misplaced, I'm not, it's not a veiled criticism. It's not a passive aggressive. It's not being a gamma. It is literally just an observation. But I kind of think he has a misplaced sense of charity toward this other podcaster. Now, the guy he denounced was. He calls himself a Christian, and this is the reason why this podcaster denounced him. He called himself a Christian, and what ended up happening was 
the guy basically was unstable and basically started criticizing Catholicism in general. And that's, you know, like him, I draw the line. When when you criticize true Catholicism, that's where I draw the line. I'll go after you tooth and nail, hammer and claw if you do it. And this particular guy did that. But um, this, I think this, when this occurred, it happened after he moved to Italy. But he did a lot of his earlier work while he was still in England. And I'm talking about the, the podcaster that I really like and admire. Um, the other guy, um, he's a Protestant. He's a Protestant and... Like I said, I think it's out of misplaced charity that he does not call out this guy. Now, in all fairness to him, he has publicly called out people in his chat for their Protestant idiocy. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to be charitable. For their Protestant misconceptions. And... When I went back and listened to this old episode, and this is with the hindsight of having listened to later episodes where he's literally called out. He Not only has he called out the Protestants who make themselves an annoyance on his chat, but he's banned them off of his chat. And... So when I went back and I'd listened to this, I'd actually forgotten that he called, uh, that he was being uh, mistakenly charitable toward this Protestant who's a friend of his. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this is, is because And I'll get into the whole idea of what I'm getting at in this episode. We as Catholics, and it is in the writings of the saints, it's written by the the, the church doctors, charity is not excused, no matter how, it could be a mother, it could be a father, it could be a wife, it could be a, a grown son or daughter. No matter how much we love these people as our friends and family members or even a well-liked acquaintance, giving them what I call misplaced charity is, is not charity. It's sentimentality. And the reason I call it sentimentality and as for myself, I had said that one of the, a, a lot, a, a certain segment of Sedvacantis, fall in this air, is that they will um, be sentimental about people that they love and care for, which, okay, 
what I'm basically getting at here is sentimentality is excusing people that you know and love or even like you um, overlook their false ideas, their false beliefs, and you do not try to bring them to the truth. Now, to use my own personal example, I've got a best friend. I know in previous episodes I said former, but for the sake of charity, um, the Lord put it in me to re to resume or to resume our relationship, not not as it was, but with a new understanding that's based on God's charity. And I also have a sister who's a Protestant. Now, with my friend, he's a hardcore atheist. He is a hardcore atheist and to boot, he's pretty much a normie. And both this, the, well, in the spiritual realm, obviously, you can't call him a normie because he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. But in the political realm, in the, basically, his outlook is of your average normie who goes about their day-to-day existence and never wonders or bothers to think about the currents that are going on in society and culture today. And if they do even bother to give it any thought at all, it's general, general, generally a very shallow and superficial take. Um... I realize that, I mean, because we, and, and because I've known the man since high school, he's seen the evolution of my own spiritual journey. And God has given me enough grace to understand in this regard to him, I may seem inconsistent because he knew me when I first became a Protestant and then I fell flat on my butt. And he knew me when I was a Vatican II member and I fell flat on the butt. And from a natural perspective, this may seem, from a natural, superficial and shallow perception, it, it would seem like I'm being inconsistent. And because... um. I resumed our friendship not out of, not out for my own sake. Because honestly, if it were my own sake, I, I, I would not resume our, our uh, relationship. Because we have, at this point, we have nothing in common. The things that we used to talk about, the thing, you know, and agree about, really... Um, he, he has, our two viewpoints have evolved and, um, I don't think that 
he recognizes fully that you know in 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 the uh I, I have a whole new outlook outlook on life and I don't think he fully understands the immensity of the changes that I've been through. Nor honestly can I say I, I can blame him. The man is married and he's trying to make a mortgage. He's, he's trying to make a living for himself and his wife. You know, this kind of thing. You know, I mean, and we're, we're separated by a distance of several states. So, you know, it's not like we were living in the same small town where we went to high school at and we're having barbecues every Saturday or whatever. Now, my sister is a Protestant. Now, I can genuinely say in her case, I, I, I've always noticed in her, she has a great deal of charity. And when, basically, when I use the word charity, I'm saying love of God and love of man. She has the heart of what the Protestants would say is a servant that she, she likes to serve God by helping other people out and being around other people. But because she's a Protestant, um, you know, and my sister and God love her, um, she's, Oh, I, w I want to try to be charitable to her because uh, I love my sister dearly. Um, she's one of the few people in my family that's actually attempted to stay in touch with me. But she's not the type of person that she's going to look at the contradictions and errors of Protestantism and understand that they're contradiction and errors. And in her case... She has also watched my progression from, from Protestantism, the Vatican II, to Sedevacantism. And when I told her that, and I've made reference to this in a previous episode, when I told her that I left the Vatican II sect and was a Sedevacantist, an innocent innocent interest, she asked me, she's like, well, what's the set of a contest? Now, as I've said in another episode, you got to try when you're dealing with somebody, especially with somebody, you know, personally, you don't, you don't come at them like you would somebody who's conversant and what you know, you come at them you tailor you tailor your message to them in a personalized way, and so I tried as simply as I could to explain how what the church she thought is the Catholic Church is not the Catholic Church, but because the whole she's she's really not into theology, it went over her head, and. Honestly speaking, that was a mistake on my part. That was me being full of fire and vigor 
for the truth. And I basically just, honestly speaking, I lectured at her. I didn't really speak to her. And I think that that probably put her off. Because she's a very sensitive person. Now, anybody who's a regular listener of my podcast will tell you that I'm the exact opposite. I'm not Mr. Warm and Fuzzy. I'm very blunt. I'm very direct. And sometimes if, if I'm in the wrong spiritual mode, I can be very, very, um, for lack of a better term, brutal. And that's a hangover from who I was in my past. Um, if you want, if you're new to this and you just stumble across this episode, I I recommend going back and listening to the podcast introductions. They will give you a flavor of the type of person that I am. And by the way, just so nobody gets it twisted, I started this podcast last year in November. I can, I'd like to think, I would like to think honestly, I'm not the same person right now that I was when I started this podcast, but as I never get tired of explaining, as I never get tired of explaining, spiritual maturity is just like natural maturity. And a lot of people that are in my camp disagree with me, which is fine. But I've read it from the saints themselves who talk about the spiritual life and that, you know, somebody who's a month into being serious about getting close to Jesus and his blessed mother is not going to be the same. That Well, the best way I can put it, in a monastery... Or a um, convent, and a convent's for nuns, and monasteries for monks. Um, they start out as novices. In other words, they're raw beginners. They're like a raw recruit in a regular army. And then, as they progress spiritually, they obtain different titles until, unless the person is born a saint, literally. Um, they work their way up and if they mature enough in the spiritual life, their fellow monks or nuns might elect them to be the leader of that particular convent or monastery. And they generally do it if they recognize the sanctity and the wisdom of the person they're electing. So, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm at that level, but what I am saying is God has given me the grace, I'd like to think, that I'm not the same person today as I was back in November when I started this. Now, the reason I'm making an emphasis on this is, I love these two people dearly. My friend in particular, we are actual... When I say blood brothers, I know a lot of you younger types would think that we're related by blood. We're not. In my era, when you became a blood brother with somebody, you cut your fingers or whatever, and you intermingled your blood with the other person. 
And that that signified that you were blood brothers. You might not have been uh, natural brothers, but you were blood brothers. Um, I can't speak to where he's at and his conception of that, but I took that very seriously. And to my set of contest autist buddies out there, that's a pagan ritual. Well, when I did it, I was a pagan. Don't know what to tell you. Won't apologize. I did lots of stupid crap as a pagan. Sue me. But having, having been through what I've been through, I still consider him to be a child of God. Therefore, anybody who's a child of God, and that's pretty much humankind. Now, I know there's a lot of people that don't like human beings. I'm raising my hand and saying, yeah, I've been there. And I still am there to a certain degree. I'm trying to work on that because Jesus calls us to have charity for everybody, not just our friends and relatives and people we love. But to me, everybody who... Even, even if they're not Catholic, even, you know, a misguided Vatican II person, a misguided atheist, a misguided uh, uh, agnostic, a uh, misguided Eastern Orthodox, and a misguided Protestant, I consider everybody my brother because we're all children of God. But as children of God, that requires us to obey our Heavenly Father. If you have a father, a natural father, who gives birth to you, but you don't acknowledge him at his, um, if you do not acknowledge him as your father, that does not mean that he's not your father. By birth, he is your father and you are his son or daughter, you know. Whether you like it or not, that is the case. Okay, and it's the same principle. And I like to say that um, temporal or worldly uh, laws are based on upon spiritual laws in a lesser degree, meaning that the spiritual laws are the principal laws and the earth, because it's imperfect and tainted with the curse of Adam, still follows the heavenly laws, but they follow them, just like human beings, imperfectly because we are tainted with original sin. But the reason I'm getting all autistic about this is I've made it quite clear to both of them that, you know, I am who I am. Now, God has given me enough grace to know, especially with my sister, well, both of them, really, that I can't come at them how I am because they're going to tune me out and they're going to shut me down. So in that regard, I pray for them, but I also make it clear to them that there are certain lines I don't want them to cross, and if they cross it, um... Unless God gives me a clear indicator to hang on to that relationship, I will have nothing to do with them. Which brings me 
in around the 30-minute mark to the topic of today's episode, which is sentimentality, meaning uh, a personal love for a person. And it doesn't even need to be a personal love for a person. It could be a place. It could be a time in your life. Anything that you're, you're, whether you know it or not, you're showing more love for that person or that place or that time than you're showing to your Lord and Creator. And the, the saint, like I said, the saints and the doctors of the church have laid this out. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to quote, I think St. Pius X, the Pope, said this. He, I think he said something along the, line, um, along the lines of charity does not permit compromise. Meaning, you can love your neighbor, but if your neighbor is doing something that you know is against the laws of God in the, the traditional Catholic Church, it is your job to either try to get them to recognize the errors of their ways and barring that, you pray for them and you pray for them every day. And really, it, this is a very logical teaching because to those of you who are blessed with children or maybe a spouse, if let's just say you are a set of a contest and you know set of a contest is set of a contism is the truth, but you have a wife or children or brother, sister, mother, father who refuse to recognize that and you try to you try to gently bring them along, along and, and, and let them know the errors of their ways and they're not hearing it. They don't want to hear it. You don't have to cut off contact from these people. You just tell them, look, don't say that or don't do that in my presence because you know darn good and well I don't agree with that. And... If you, if you're my, you know, if you love me as a relative or as a friend, you will do this for me and you leave it at that. And then you pray for them every day because praying for them is actually more charitable. And when I, once again, when I say charity, I mean, God is your ultimate love. And because God loves all humans, you love your fellow human beings like he has loved you as unworthy and un undeserving as you are. And if you're humble, you'll recognize that right off the bat. And um, to me, I think the reason why St. Paul labeled charity as the primary um, holy virtue is because I think it's the hardest, it's the hardest lesson spiritually for human beings to learn. Other of the, of the capital virtues is what they're called. To lesser degrees, they're easier 
to work on. But one of the, um, let me give you an example. When you're working, say like the second shift, say three to 11, in a major grocery store of a large city, and the entitled Karens come in, or your local homeless people come in, your local gangbangers come in, and your local um, druggies come in, and they act a fool towards you, our natural reaction is, uh, depending on the person, is to either snap at them back or to just grudgingly try to get them out of your store as quickly as you can. That is the natural reaction. If you have true, and when I say true charity, I'm talking about the charity that Jesus, Lord Jesus shares with all of us. That, that is sometime, um, something that some people take years, unless God gives them the grace, to understand and to practice on a daily basis. Um, but if somebody, to, to bring me back to the point of where I started out at, if you have a friend who absolutely refuses to recognize the truth of pre-Vatican II Catholicism for whatever reason, and you're, you're just trying to be charitable and you're saying, well, they're still Christian. They're still going to get to heaven. I've said this on a previous episode, a couple as a matter of fact. God has a general guideline, but he does deal with us in, on an individual basis. So maybe a person could be a hardcore Protestant and still get to heaven. But that's, that's up to God's grace. And the general rule of being a true Catholic is, is you follow the rules as best as you can. And if God decides in his mercy and love to cut you, you some slack or somebody else some slack, that is his, that is his will and it will be done. But we're not to lead our lives thinking, well, I don't have to listen to this. God loves me and he's, you know, uh, let's let's give a, a personal example. If you're shacking up with a chick and having sex with her before you get um, legitimately married in a set of a contest Catholic church, if your attitude is, well, God will forgive me, you know, because God made me and he understands my, my motivations, that's presumption. That's, there's no other word for it. That's presumption. Our job is, if we're true Catholics the way we should be, is we, we try to follow the rules as best as we can, and we don't try to find loopholes, and we don't make excuses for ourselves. We try to follow the rules as best as we can and let God work out the rest. So I'm not saying that God can't make exceptions. 
But the but the traditional Catholic teaching is is that <coughs> if a person has invincible ignorance, this is traditional Catholic teaching. As a matter of fact, it's one of the things that the Phineas deny is um, invincible ignorance. Or, or say you're some tribesman in the heart of deepest Borneo and you've never seen Jesus Christ or, or a Catholic priest in the entirety of your existence, but you're trying to live and... You know, you might not even know it's Jesus Christ's law that you're following, but you're but you're following it through his grace and you die. That's invincible ignorance because you never had the circumstances, the teaching or the training to know better or through other other uh uh, factors that are not your fault. Let's just say you're a Down syndrome kid, and you you know you don't have the the ability to understand. You know that if if, if you're if you're brain damaged or for whatever reason, or you're um, ignorant through no fault of your own, that's invincible ignorance. And yes. You know, obviously, and that's what differentiates us between the Calvinists who masquerade as uh, true Catholics calling themselves uh, Fenites, is because for them, they're putting God in their little box and saying, oh, no, 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 church teaches this, this, and this, and, you know, if you're a Down syndrome kid and you don't understand, you're going to hell. That's... That is loving the spirit, uh, I'm sorry, that is loving the letter of the law, but not the spirit, which is charity. And for you Phenites out there, read the New Testament. Jesus Christ himself said it in the book of St. Matthew to the Pharisees. Anyhow. Um. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I'm fond of saying, as a matter of fact, that God is not a lawyer. But just because, you know, he's not going to zap you dead if you mistakenly um, sin does not. And I, I put special emphasis on mistakenly. If you mistakenly sin. And you realize, oops, um, I did something I shouldn't have. Then you're supposed to confess it if if you have a priest as soon as you can. So when you excuse something that you know that you know intellectually is an error, but because you're allowing your love for that person. To you're 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 excusing them because you love them as a person, or you know you really admire, like and admire, take your pick. That's not charity. That's sentimentality. Charity is you know trying to point them in the right path, and if they won't hear you, just praying for them. And by the way, this is what makes being a set of a contest in this day and age. Um, 
this puts us that we have to totally rely on Lord Jesus's love and mercy and grace. Naturally speaking, doing, practicing this is, if we're serious about our faith, it's going to be on, on the natural level, um, impossible. And I'm just going to flat out say, on a natural level, it's impossible to do this. But as Jesus told his disciples in the Gospels, with God, all things are possible. So we have to pray and we have to, and, and by the way, when I say pray, I'm not talking about an hour prayer fest. I'm not even talking about a half hour prayer fest. But pray as often as you are able. And if it helps you, just pray for the people in your life, whether they're directly in your life or through circumstances indirectly in your life. Pray for those people. I can't stress this enough. That's actual charity because you're asking God to bring them the truth. And if you're feeling particularly ambitious, pray that you might be God's instrument to help people get to the proper understanding of the truth. So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. I know it may not seem like it, but I really do appreciate when people listen because if you if you sat through a 30 to an hour long podcast, 30 minute to an hour long podcast, and you didn't turn it off. I don't care personally if you think I'm full of crap and you think I'm the stupidest person you've ever heard of in your life. That part doesn't matter. The part is, is you gave me a chance and you listened. And my philosophy is, I put out what I think that God put in me. I put it out there and I let him do the rest. Because as, as Lord Jesus are, um, yeah, as Lord Jesus said, without me, you are nothing. That's the absolute bottom line truth. So I want to thank you for listening. And I pray for everybody in my life, either that's directly in my life or indirectly in my life. And I would like to see, and you know, you can write this off if you want to. I'm not in the habit of making things up. I'm not in the habit of brown nosing. I'm not in the habit of saying things that I don't truly believe. Now, I understand social media being what it is. You know, a lot of people pretend to be sincere and um, they're not. Um, so if you're skeptical or whatever, I understand from a natural viewpoint, I truly understand, but I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. But in order for that to happen, we have to cooperate with God's grace and we have to acknowledge him as our chief and primary goal. Otherwise, we're just wasting our time. So in closing, I want to say thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you.
Bye-bye.